Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Guys, this is the Talk in the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. We're a little bit sad today. Cole's not with us anymore. He has left us. Uh, he is going on to to a new... I was going to say, you better clarify that quickly. You're like, he's no longer with us. He left <laughs> us. I'm like, oh, he's still alive. Cole, like, Cole is alive and well, uh, but he is searching a, a new a new opportunity in his life, and we wish him the best. But it's just going to be me and Dalton from now on. Uh, We had a blast with Cole over the last – how long have we been doing this? About a year together now, I guess? Maybe a little bit more? Yeah, I think he joined us before the season last year. Yeah, so it's been a – it was a good year with Cole. Me and Dalton have been doing this for about two years now, probably at least. But uh, we had a great journey with Cole Patterson. We're going to wish him the best. But – um. It's me and Dalton now, just us two. We're gonna we're gonna keep the talk on the star tradition going on every week for you. But uh, we got a loaded show with you. It is week one of Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys football. Uh, the, we we made it somehow, some way, but we're here and we're ready to talk about it. We got a a big time show for you guys today. Offensive preview, special teams preview, and these are two units that we are very excited to talk about. I know you guys are very excited to hear about. Before we get started, though, Dalton, you hanging in there? Uh, yeah, I was hanging in there uh, up until I just saw this depth chart, and we'll, we'll get into why I'm upset. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right, living. For sure. Well, let's rock, man. We got we got a big show today. Um, lot to talk about, so we're gonna dive right in with this offensive preview. Uh, we had the 2020 Dallas Cowboys unofficial depth chart come out today. Uh, Todd Archer posted it. It's been circulated around social media. By no means is this what they're going to open up with on offense and defense and special teams in week one against the Rams, but this is kind of just giving us a rough idea of kind of way that things have been working in camp and maybe where they see things starting out the season. Um, let's go through this offensive depth chart real quick. Um, we got Amari Cooper as your starting receiver, Tyron Smith as your starting left tackle, Connor Williams as your starting left guard, Joe Looney as your starting center, Zach Martin as your starting right guard, and Cameron Irving as your starting right tackle. Anything on those first few that kind of makes some eyebrows raise? Uh, yeah, that last one. Cameron Irving? Yeah. I mean, I think we all watched his film from last season in Kansas City, and we all saw – how bad he was. Yeah. He's just not good. Uh, we're, we're talking saloon-style doors right. locking. Uh, and, and so hopefully we see some uh, a, a larger percent of uh, West Coast looks this week, or we at least see the best pass-protecting back in the NFL 
actually stay in and pass protect and help out that right side because Cam Irving will not be able to do it by himself. The one thing I do think is a little bit interesting is that Terrence Steele is listed as both swing tackles, so it sounds like they're going with him as your swing tackle. There's no Brandon Knight competition there. At least that's what the depth chart tells us Um, because Brandon Knight is actually listed as the backup right guard with Terrence Steele as the backup right and left tackle. Um, so if you might be looking for a different option there, it could be Terrence Steele, not Brandon Knight, um, which I think is a little bit interesting as well. His arms were like a million miles long, weren't they? Terrence yeah, and he had some good reps at, at the Senior Bowl. I yeah. remember us being excited about some of the things he had done. Um, but we got also Blake Jarwin as the starting tight end. I also think it's kind of interesting that Blake Bell is your second listed tight end ahead of Dalton Schultz. That's a little maybe not maybe not surprising, but – Maybe some people are surprised by that. Um, I don't know if you have a true tight end, too, on the team, so I think it might be 50-50 between those guys on on playing time. But uh, Michael Gallup gets the other start at receiver. Dak Prescott gets the start at quarterback. And Ezekiel Elliott gets the start at running back. No big surprises there, obviously, um, you know, with those last few that we talked about. Yeah. The only thing, you know, we I heard some jokes going on on the radio and everything. Obviously, if you break that down, that's only 10 players on offense. So, obviously, C.D. Lamb and or Cedric Wilson will be obviously getting a you know, starting spot there uh, on the on that side of the ball. So, we're hoping we're going to see a ton of 11 personnel. We're going to talk about that. That was the starting offensive uh, unofficial depth chart. But let's get into what we kind of expect to see this weekend against the Rams. Um, we found out today that Aaron Donald cannot defend the run, so we're just going to run the ball. Some are saying. <laughs> it's funny. So I went back today, watched, and it's funny because the Cowboys obviously aren't in the same you know division as the Rams, but they've played the Rams a lot recently. Um, three times you know, in the past three years now. Right. Yep, playoffs. They had them in 2017 and then last year as well, so. It's been a it's been a few matchups versus the Rams, but I really 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 enjoyed going back and watching the uh, offensive performance against the Rams last year because I think it featured a lot of what Kellen Moore uh, has to offer as a play caller. Um, and I think you know in the second half, Jason Garrett maybe not Jason Garrett maybe Kellen Moore put on the brakes a little bit because the score was kind of a you know they were up a ton and were trying to probably work Dak Prescott through his shoulder injury that he suffered in that game that unfortunately led him to not being very effective in the next game. Um, but it slowed down after half. But that first half performance from Kellen Moore in that offense was very exciting. It was a lot of twenty personnel. It was a lot of twenty-two personnel. It was a lot of eleven personnel. They mixed in a ton of different personnel packages. Uh, they used a lot of play action. They feed. They fed the ball to Tony Pollard a lot. They incorporated Tavon Austin. So there was a lot of, you know, mismatch opportunities for the offense in that game last year, where the Cowboys really controlled the entire outcome of that game. But um. I wanted to start with you, just kind of get your thoughts on kind of what you're expecting from this offense on Sunday uh, night against the Rams defense, who probably isn't as good on paper as they have been the last few years, but still shouldn't be an easy walkover by any means. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have Jalen Ramsey, who is a a fantastic corner, Um, you know, top, what, three in the NFL most likely. Um, 
And so it'll be interesting to see what they do from a coverage standpoint. I don't know if he's going to uh, follow Amari Cooper and just try to take him out of the game. I don't think that they necessarily need to do that because it is, in fact, a road game. Um, so they could probably just leave him alone and it'd be okay. Yeah, just not um, cover him at all. Exactly. Um, so they have a couple names in the in the secondary that I actually do like. Terrell Burgess, uh, David Long, uh, Taylor Rapp, and John Johnson are, are good safeties. Uh, so the the back half for me uh, actually looks pretty good from them, and then they have a couple guys that can rush the passer as well. Uh, Aaron Donald obviously is the best player in the NFL, um, unless it is against the run. Obviously, we need to bring that up. Um, and they got a bunch of names, but like Micah Kaiser is somebody who, God, if you can get Tony Pollard or even Ezekiel Elliott matched yep. up with him in coverage, it's going to be game over because even though Ezekiel Elliott may have lost a step or two uh, from his rookie season, Micah Kaiser never had that step to begin with. So I, I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be difficult for them to match up with these two really athletic uh, running backs, and I don't think, even though they do have names in that secondary, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the firepower of the three or the four offensive players that we have um, right. in Blake Jarwin, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. I, I just, I, I'm struggling to find any team that right. is going to be able to slow sure. this offense down enough as long as Dak Prescott is on and as long as yeah. the offensive line works. And that is where my issue is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think kind of what you mentioned with those linebackers, I think this is a situation where 20 personnel makes a ton of sense. Getting Ezekiel and Tony Pollard on the field together, um, you know, getting them to work. Them. And that's, that's what led them to that big day against the Rams last year is Tony Pollard got involved. I mean, he had – Tony Pollard had 12 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. They got his space, and they got his speed into space against those linebackers, and it was just, it was game one. Um, and obviously Zeke had a good day as well, going 24 for 117, two touchdowns. Uh, both of those cut touchdowns were down by the goal line, but he had a good day as well. And I just think, like you were mentioning with the the coverage of those linebackers, I think getting Blake Jarwin matched up on him, Tony Pollard matched up on him, Ezekiel Elliott matched up on him, and then maybe forcing them to play more zone coverage and having some of those receivers do some of the underneath stuff as well can just match for a big day for the, the that offense because I just like you said I don't think you know they got Jalen Ramsey they got Aaron Donald but I think that can hopefully you can contain those two players enough to where you can allow your playmakers to still get open, get the ball in their hands in space, and then let them do a lot of work. Yeah, and no matter what, like we talk about, you know, kind of stopping the best player in the NFL and Aaron Donald, but you don't really have to stop Jalen Ramsey. You know what I right. mean? Like you could just not test him. And right. if he does end up matching up strictly with Amari Cooper, we might see a game where we see two, three, maybe four targets from Amari Cooper uh, if we, you know, continue to get the, the home road split in, as long as that continues to be a thing, which it seems to be. Well, I think I'm interested to kind of see what you said. Like, is Jalen Ramsey going to follow him or is he going to just play on the left or right side? Like, when you, it's so much easier to follow a guy when you just have two weapons. When you have your Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Like, you can put your Jalen Ramsey on Julio Jones and hope that your other corner can kind of just contain Calvin Ridley. Um, but when you have Michael Gallup, who's a 1B, you have C.D. Lamb, who we see as a 1C, like, if you have 
Jalen Ramsey following Amari Cooper, you have two other guys who can you know play like receiver, wide receiver ones. So it's like it kind of come you know it's not worth it at that point really, um, in my opinion at least because you're just opening up other avenues for your better offensive players to you know take advantage of those weaker defenders. And you know they lost a big player in Nickel Roby Coleman who went to Philadelphia, right? Did he uh, go to Philadelphia? Is that where? Where's it going? Let me find yeah, out. Yeah, he did go to Philadelphia. Pretty sure, because I'm pretty sure that was the. I was like, damn, I'd rather. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, that's a that's a nickel defender that if they're having him lined up on, you know, CD Lamb, we might be a little bit more hesitant about the offense's you know ability to put up points. But I just don't like you like you were mentioning. I don't think the Rams have the guys and coverage in their back, you know, back seven defenders to really you know make a difference with. Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin, Tony Pollard, and C.D. Lamb, and I think that's going to be the kind of the deciding factor in that game is just getting the ball into all of your playmakers' hands and letting them all get some in that offensive outing. No, I I agree with you, um, but more specifically with the offense, do you expect to see much difference? in the way that the offense performs? Do you expect to see, you know, a, a ton of pre-snap motion? Do you expect to see more 20 personnel? Um, or, or do you expect him to go, you know, five wide? Uh, I mean, well, I, I just don't know because everything's been kept so quiet. I don't right. know what it's going to look like. Well, I think it's that, and I think it's also the Lyle Collins injury. Like, Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's, that could make you run more 12 personnel than you want to. Because uh-huh. you're gonna, you know, Blake Bell is gonna, or Dalton Schultz might be sitting beside that right tackle all day, you know, helping him chip, helping him. So that could that could impact. Again, the way I would do it is the way the Rams do it with using their slot receiver as a, you know, I, I just, again, I loved watching the Rams playoff game performance against us in 2019, 18, because they yeah. used Robert Woods as a freaking battering ram against Demarcus Lawrence on the the edge, and it was so much fun to watch. Like they'd put him in motion, and he would just crack Demarcus Lawrence off the snap, and then he'd get out into his route. So it's the same thing as having a tight end there, except it's a receiver. He's a better route runner. He's getting out into space quicker. And I'd love to see them do that with you know Michael Gallup. I mean, yo, CD Lamb is a blocker. We know he that is. he's a physical son of a gun. So like. I'm interested to see if the injury to Lyle – I think that's what I'm most interested to see. Is the, is the injury to Lyle Collins going to make an impact on what they want to do? Like this offense could look completely different in week four when Lyle Collins comes back than it does in week one through three just from a personnel standpoint. Absolutely. How do, how do you think – and, again, the good thing is is they don't face a ton of, like, elite edge rushers in the first three weeks. You know, they, they don't – I don't even know who who's – Who's rushing the passer on the Rams right now? Outside of Aaron Donald, obviously. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be uh, guys like Leonard Floyd, um, yeah. guys like um, Obo or Okoronkwo. Yeah, Okoronkwo. Uh, they have Terrell Lewis. They have Ja'Kai Polite. So, like, it's kind of, you know, Aaron Donald and <laughs> a bunch of really young guys. Yeah. Um, they have um, – Michael Brockers as well there at left defensive end. So, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's not a great pass rush. Right. I think, not but terrible by any means. One that you don't need to have a great pass rush no. to beat Cam Irving. You just don't. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested. That's. I think that's the biggest thing I'm interested in is how they. This, I heard Jeff Kavanaugh say it on the radio today, but this staff isn't going to let what happened in 2017 in Atlanta happen. It might impact the way this offense wants to look. It might take C.D. Lamb off the field some more than we want to see, but it's not going to be a seven-sack performance day for Michael Brockers rushing off the, the left end. That's just not going to happen. So, But, uh, you know, that, that, that's – I think this offense is going to be fine even with Lyle Collins out. I think this offensive staff is going to be good enough to make it work. I think that they're going – again, me and you both agree that Lyle Collins in makes this offense better, but I think that they're going to be just fine in these first three weeks without Collins. Um, and, again, it might impact kind of the way this offense wants to run, but I think they'll just be fine. They'll be just fine. Um, but we're going to take a break, come back, and talk about the special teams unit. I know it's uh, – you know, special teams isn't something that everybody just loves to talk about, but it is an important aspect of the football team. We saw that last year, so we do want to talk about it. We're going to be right back after a break. We are talking the star. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back on the Talk in the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Here with my co-host today, Dalton Miller. Follow us both on Twitter, at ConnorNFLDraft and at Dalton B. Miller. want to give a big shout-out, as always, to Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and Vox Media for giving us the platform to host the podcast. Uh, make sure you go on to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed on whatever podcast network you use. Click that subscribe button. Give us a good rating. Give us a good review. Do all of those good things as well. So we can keep bringing this uh, great podcast to your ears. There's so many good voices on the podcast network. Uh, can't even name all the shows anymore because we have so many, but there's so many good different voices giving so many good different opinions. So make sure you subscribe and listen and check everyone out. Special teams, Dalton. Can't get any worse, right? No. No, absolutely not. It, Keith it, O'Quinn and his daughter is gone. <laughs> well, not they're, they're actually still there, just not <laughs> coaching anymore. Yeah, um, back to where he belongs. Um, I mean, Chris Jones is still bad. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it was just injury with him. Hopefully yeah. it was just injury with Greg Zerline. But it, it is difficult to get worse than the Cowboys kicking <laughs> game last year. Um, we had a kicker that could kick 60-plus yarders and literally nothing else. Um, and then we had Kai Forbath. Kai Forbath came in. I think he went 10 for 10. He was good. Uh, and then they just up and cut him. But I'm going to put my trust in one of, if not the best, special teams coordinators in the NFL, in John Bones Fossil. So uh, of the offseason. Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe. I'm very excited about Al Harris as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, hopefully Chris Jones regains his, you know, mediocre but not terrible form that he had in 2018. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and again, there there is some injury relation there, so it's kind of hard to maybe say he's regressed because there's been some – some reports about a back injury and obviously being a punter, a lot of that, you know, if your back's injured, you're not going to be your full self. So knock on wood that that was injury related with, with both him and Zerline. Cause like you said, Zerline had a rough year last year too. Um, and the last thing this team needs is to go back into a kicker black hole to where they're kicking and missing, you know, a bunch of field goals that should be made and deciding outcome of the game. So I think the one thing that we can take away from camp is that maybe they're not going to kick field goals as much as we're used to seeing, and maybe they're not going to punt as much on the other side of the field as we're used to seeing. Uh, because as a lot of people have reported, Chris Jones had one punt in training camp, I think it was, which that would be absolutely brutal to show up to training camp every day, and the only punt you get in a game situation is once in the scrimmage. But um, it didn't, you know, he didn't practice a lot of long field goals. So I think we're kind of getting to that point where if you're in, in that range of, you know, a, a short punt or a long field goal, we're just going to go for it. We're going to take our chances, go for it, and that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense because at the end of the day, like if you're a bad chipper of the golf ball and you're off the green, you just punt. Yeah. Or if you, you just, can't kick you, field goals and you can't punt well, just go for it. Yeah, I bring out the three wood and just pop it on up there. Yeah, there's, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, figure out a way to get the job done. You don't have to punt from the opponent's down. forty from the opponent's forty five yard line, even if it's fourth and six. You yeah. can still go for that. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the Cowboys the Cowboys suffered from the thirtieth best field or uh, the no, they were thirty second in the league, I believe, in field position to start. They were the worst. So it can't get any worse than that. I mean, that is a killer. It's one of the reasons why we had so many yards offensively and we weren't able to to get the job done because it's just so difficult in the NFL to sustain drive after drive after drive all the way down the football field. For me, and I know that, you know, this is getting back to the offense, but the red zone offense has, has got to get better. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to see field goals from the the sixteen yard line. Right. Like, I I just don't want to see that. I, right. I want to see getting the ball down, getting to you know fourth and three, and going for them instead right. of because it, it for me like if you look at the analytics of of what you should do, there are uh, there's a set time and place for when you should go for it and when you should kick it based off of the statistics. And I think that hopefully with all of this, you know, analytical, you know, not reporting, uh, research that Mike McCarthy did the entire year, he was not a head football coach in the NFL. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps, especially when it comes to special teams and going for it or kicking it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and that's the one thing we heard about McCarthy when the hire was happening, getting ready to happen, is that he was studying up on analytics. And if there's one thing we can maybe take away from training camp, it's that maybe he was involving analytics in his practices with the kicking, you know, not kicking from 50-plus yards, not punting inside opponent's 50-yard line. 
and that's just the hope that maybe we're getting going to get a new you know a new a new coach with new theories and new uh, habits. And I'm hoping that, like you said, he's going to involve those analytics in the decision. And, and again, like I think you'll probably go through some some ups and downs of that because as soon as they go forward on fourth and four on the 40 yard line and don't get it, people are going to be like they should have just kicked the ball and. You know, unfortunately, they're wrong. They'll never admit that they're wrong. But those three points aren't worth it when it's a you know sixty forty chance you're making that kick anyways, and it's only three points. Exactly. Now, let's get into for me what was probably the most interesting part of this entire depth chart: kick return and punt return. Yeah, I was personally Wilson, the legend. I was surprised that it was said returning kicks and Pollard returning punts. Is that a typo? I, I thought it would be the opposite. I think it's a typo. I literally because think they meant to flip that. And because Feeney has been returning right. punts as and well, not, and he's listed third on the right. depth chart instead of second. But right. I, I feel like if this is from the Dallas Cowboys – yeah. That would be a weird thing to mess up on the depth chart, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see how it could be messed up, but you think they'd have enough people to look at that and be like, hey, flip those two real quick before you hit yeah. them. You also don't look at Trev- Trayvon Diggs and think, that's a punt returner. No. <laughs> if you look at him and you think he's going to return anything, you would think it would be a kick return. He might be our fifth wide receiver, but punt returner, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> We are we are doing an offensive preview. What are the chances that Trayvon Diggs runs some routes this year? Yeah, bring him in, bring him in. But uh, um, yeah, I, I saw but, that too, and I, I I mean the first thing that came to my head was I wonder if they just got those two mixed up because like you said I saw C.D. Lamb who everybody's or what they could be doing is just not giving the Rams anything to work off of. They could be putting C.D. Lamb third at punt return because they're like we don't want them to know that he's going to be our punt returner. So. I guess there's always that as well, that maybe they're just putting some things out there that they want the Rams to work on, and maybe they're like, well, let's prepare for Tony Pollard to be our punt returner and then see Lamb ones out there. So that could always be part of it as well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and, and that's an interesting point that you bring up. I Personally, I, I hope that it is flipped um, because I think that using Tony Pollard, who – you know, everyone's going to talk about what he ran uh, at his at his combine and just throw that out the window because he was battling injury. He's faster than that. He's yeah. very fast. And you using that, that. <laughs> yes, and using that at kick return is a, a better use of his skill set. Now he is also able to to really make guys miss as well. But when you look at you know the the guys who are on here, I, I just think that you'd rather have. CD returning punts because we've seen what he's able to do after the catch. Um, and he doesn't have that true long speed that you look at. And, you know, Cedric Wilson is you know, a decent athlete, but he's not a, a full-out burner either. No, nah, nah, he's so kind that, of a long stride separator. Not a, yeah, so that's what kind of you know surprised me about the kick and punt return thing. But, I mean, do any of those guys – does anyone on this team excite you returning punts or kicks? I mean, CD Lamb punts. Because I just don't think, like, I don't think I'm, he's a fast, you know, electric yeah. like speed in space, but I think he's a guy that's just 
a monster in the open field. So, like, you could see some of those Des Bryant, you know, error returns where he just runs through people, spins out of people, and breaks off some big carries. But, no, I mean, you don't have a Devin Hester on your team where he touches no. the ball and, and you're like... And for me, I don't understand the risk-reward part of either. returning at this point because it seems like every single time they did try to return a punt last season, there was a, a holding penalty. <laughs> Every single time, because you're asking you're asking cornerbacks and and wide receivers to to block who aren't great blockers, and, and that, they're, they're, they just can't do it very well. That's what I want to get into next is how some of these last few spots on the roster were kind of maybe made for special teams. You know, your I don't know anything about them, but your you know your Malik Turner's. That's a guy who is a special teams guy in Green Bay that played a ton of special team snaps. So what we're, I think what they're envisioning is, is we might have more opportunities to, you know, with him as a, as a gunner, him as, you know, as a, as a, you know, as a, as a wing guy, like we can maybe get some returns in because it's not, man, I don't know who's, who's your gunner last year. Vintel Bryant did it for some at the end of the year there, but, you know, they just didn't have, I mean, their special teams was a disaster last year. Like they had, no one that could do anything right. The kicker stunk. The the punter stunk. They were every time, like you said, every time they had a return, there was a holding call. Like Tavon Austin had one big run, and that was it. And it was just like, I think they put this roster together at the bottom, like, and maybe put a little bit more emphasis on the special teams with your Malik Turners, you know, possibly your your Noah Browns, Rico Dowdles, those type of guys to maybe come in and play some special teams. C.J. Goodwin, you know. Hey, guess what else I just noticed? And I know we're not talking about it, but Cheetah Bay is yeah. not listed as a starter. Well, see, I wonder if that's just be- – and, again, you have to kind of take this with a grain of salt, but I wonder if that's because he's been banged up and hasn't practiced the last few weeks. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, but maybe. Definitely, I saw that too and was like, huh. But also yeah. they have to have a – you know, they're going to play nickel probably more than – yeah, and I mean, for uh, me, like that, yeah, we're not going to get into the defense. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get into the defense, but if we're while we're talking about it, like the thing that stood out to me the most was Everson Griffin not being a starter and Alvin Smith and Dorrance Armstrong being Sam linebackers, not defensive ends. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of tells you how multiple this defense is going to be if that's where they're listed on the depth chart. But we're going to find out. We only got – we got about – I don't know, 96 hours or something like that before we get to the weekend and the game's getting here. So we are I'm going so to find out. I'm so excited for football, man. Oh, it's I'm so excited for it. long, long couple months. But uh, we'll be back, and we'll be back next week to talk about, you know, we're just going to put it out there. We're going to talk about the Cowboys' first win of the year because if it's not, oh, hey, man. Hey, manifest it. We have to manifest it. Dude, can you imagine what next week's going to be like if – all of the hype, everything, and then boom, just a terrible game. <laughs> all we've talked about is how good this offense is going to be, how good this coaching staff is, and then boom, they stuck first week. It would just be absolutely brutal. But we're not even going to put that out into the airways. No, they're so. going to win, and it's going to be like 34 to 21. It's never going to be all that close. Cowboys are going to get up pretty early in this thing. Um we're going to look at the, the box score, and the old heads are going to be like, well, Ezekiel Elliott went for over 100 yards, so that's definitely why they won. 
um, when in fact they just got up early and then handed him the ball a bunch of times. So I'm interested to see Ezekiel Elliott get you know 25 carries for 117 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I'm excited to see a, a nice, comfortable Cowboys win in the house that Jerry built, SoFi Stadium. That's right. We're going to figure it out. We'll be there this – well, we won't be there this week, but we'll be covering it this week, so make sure you're following along on Twitter and make sure you check back next week as we'll be talking about the Cowboys' week one game against the Rams on the Talking the Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are Talking the Star. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work.